Anyone know what that is? That's music to my ears. That's another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify makes it simple to sell to anyone from anywhere. Whether you're selling shirts or sandals, start selling with Shopify and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. With Shopify, you'll customize your online store to your brand, discover new customers, and build relationships that will keep them coming back. Shopify covers all the sales channels to successfully grow your business, from an in-person POS system to an all-in-one e-commerce platform, even across social media platforms like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And thanks to 24-7 support and free on-demand business courses, Shopify is here to help you succeed every step of the way. It's how every minute, new sellers around the world make their first sale with Shopify. And you can do it too. I love how Shopify makes it simple for anyone to sell their products anywhere. Whether they're eBooks or earrings, Shopify simplifies starting and running your own successful business. When you're ready to take your idea to the world, do it with Shopify, the commerce platform powering millions of businesses down the street and around the globe. Now it's your turn to try Shopify for free and start selling anywhere. So sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite. Go to shopify.com slash c-suite, all lowercase on c-suite, to start selling online today. Shopify.com slash c-suite. You're listening to Thinking Outside the Bud, where we speak with entrepreneurs, investors, thought leaders, researchers, advocates, and policymakers who are finding new and exciting ways for cannabis to positively impact business, society, and culture. And now, here is your host, business coach, Bruce Eckfeldt. Are you a CEO looking to scale your company faster and easier? Check out Thrive Roundtable. Thrive combines a moderated peer group mastermind, expert one-on-one coaching, access to proven growth tools, and a 24-7 support community. Created by Inc. award-winning CEO and certified scaling-up business coach Bruce Eckfeldt, Thrive will help you grow your business more quickly and with less drama. For details on the program, visit Eckfeldt.com slash thrive. That's E-C-K-F-E-L-D-T dot com slash thrive. Welcome, everyone. This is Thinking Outside the Bud. I'm Bruce Eckfeldt. I'm your host. Our guest today is Joe Lusberg. He is managing partner at Upwise Capital. We're going to talk about the world of cannabis, the world of finding capital, using capital, um, obviously a little bit complicated in this um, kind of evolving cannabis situation. A lot of efforts have been kind of made over the years and continue to kind of be on the dockets for various agenda in, in at the federal and state levels to kind of manage or, or help improve kind of the cannabis industry's access uh, and use of capital. Obviously, kind of current definitions or current uh, status of um, legality of cannabis make it a little bit complicated. We're going to talk about kind of the history of that, how it's evolved and improved uh, over the years, what still needs to be done, and really kind of what uh, strategic approach to finding and using capital inside cannabis businesses looks like. Obviously, this is a big topic in, in many businesses, but particularly for cannabis, both because of the, the nature of growth and the speed of growth, but also because of the kind of the complications of being in the cannabis business. So with all that, Joe, welcome to the program. Yeah, it's, pretty, it's a pleasure having you on. Before we kind of dive into what you're doing with Upwise and kind of the world of that you're, you're working with in, some, times of, uh, in terms of 
cannabis and, and providing capital options for them. Uh, what's the background? How did you get involved into this line of business? How do you get involved in cannabis? Give us a story. I'm a medical patient myself, so always been a big cannabis advocate. And I was working at a debt financing firm called BizFi. They were the number one unsecured direct lender in the country. They're originating anywhere from like 50 million to 100 million dollars per month. And we, I was their top sales rep and we got a, a large cannabis transaction in. That was in 2014. You know, at that time, the largest unsecured deal done was around a half a million dollars. Mm-hmm. And we did $1.3 million to, uh, you know, a very well known cannabis operator in Colorado. And then they, Paid off the money quickly, came back to us for more money and cheaper cost of capital and built a relationship. And that really opened my eyes to the cannabis industry's ability to take expensive capital and and use it wisely and also be able to grow using that that capital. So I kind of made it uh, my goal and mission to find cheaper capital sources and scour the market for different types of products uh, for cannabis operators. And then we built out Upwise Capital. You know, Upwise Capital is a a full service debt financing marketplace for cannabis operators. We offer everything from on balance sheet, we'll lend up to $10 million unsecured because that's where we come from and the business we know. Other than that, we are a full service brokerage. So we do a lot of construction financing uh, that's typically based on the as completed cannabis value of the facility rather than the real estate valuation. We do a lot of equipment financing. We're partnered with a lot of the equipment manufacturers to finance their equipment directly for them because we've shown track record of successfully funding their equipment deals and doing good equipment leases. And then we offer a bunch of different products. So we offer purchase order financing, inventory financing, account receivable financing, term loans, line of credit, senior debt deals, sale lease bags, any type of real estate transaction. So we uh, we also partnered with about 38 banks that are lending to the cannabis industry now. So we have a, a lot of out-of-the-box capital sources for cannabis operators, and we like to say we're the, the one-stop shop for debt financing for them. Yeah. Let's break it down a little bit just for those folks that may not be as sort of financially savvy in terms of understanding how these different products kind of relate or work. Talk to us a little bit about when you're dealing with capital, kind of the, obviously we're talking about debt, not equity or, you know, but give, give us kind of a breakdown, secured, unsecured, like what, how does how does the kind of categories break down and what do you focus on and what do you not focus on? So it's, we focus on all. Okay. Um, the categories are secured or unsecured. So unsecured is going to be based on the cash flow of the business. Typically, we lend about 150% of the monthly revenue that the client is doing. Also, in, if they're not putting all the money through the bank account, we can look at state sales tax reports to verify okay. revenue. Typically, that's around 2 to 3% per month and a limit of 12-month terms. You know, our investors are looking for a good return. Got it. So this is basically regardless of, of kind of the profitability of the business, if, you, if a business can show consistent revenue, money in the door that's driving the business, you come in and basically say, okay, look, you, clearly you're, you've got revenue coming in. We can help you with financing some of these things on a short-term basis because we can see you've got cash coming in regardless of 
the profitability of the business and things like that. You're just looking at we're looking at the history flow. the last six months of business and what type of cash flow is going through the bank account, and then we're projecting the future revenue of the business. Based on that, we're comfortable lending a certain dollar amount unsecured. And what do, what do companies typically use that for? I mean, if, you, if you look at kind of the companies that have borrowed from you, what, yeah, what are so they you'd doing be very that? surprised. That, <laughs> you know, we do four million dollar unsecured deals to MSOs, right? So we a lot of them are using it for acquisitions to purchase a new dispensary. Some of them are using it to make payroll. Some of them are using it for growth capital. Some of them are using it for equipment. A bunch of different things, but that's kind of why we offer the other products as well, right? We're okay. we're trying to be a fiduciary and offer the best product that it's available for the client and for the customers. So if it's an equipment financing deal and we can secure the equipment, you know, we have great sources for that. It's very cheap cost of capital. We do it either on a capital lease structure with a $1 buyout at the end over three to five years, typically like six to 13%. Uh, it's a factor rate based on a lease rate. Mm-hmm. And, th- and then we have a lease structure, which is Typically, 12% if they use our specific vendors that we work with. We work with Hawthorne Gardening Center and a few others, um, you know, Fluence, Foes, PIP, Glow Guide. Um, so if they're buying from those specific vendors, it's typically around 12% over a three-year term, interest-only payments over the first six to nine months, sometimes 12-month interest-only payments if they're a little bit more established. That's not a startup because we do do startups. And that's typically 70 to 80% loan to value on the equipment. So we have two great options for equipment financing and then building out facilities. We're, mm-hmm. we're the best at that. We have uh, a lot of out-of-the-box solutions. We have some family offices that go out long terms for deals that are above $15 million. So we have a lot of solutions for operators to to come to and really the biggest thing that we've seen that nobody really understands and knows about is we're not just a debt company you know we always say that we we bring much more to the table than just capital you know Mm -hmm. we're very experienced in the industry some operators we're recommending consultants lawyers accountants but most recently you know we you know, we recommended to uh, an operator certain genetics for him to, you know, run through his facility. And then we also got him uh, an employee retention tax loan. Yeah, it's not a loan. It's the employee retention tax program. So if you've shown loss from 2020 to 2021, you can retroactively go back and amend your 941s that you file for each W-2 employee. You can get anywhere from 12000 to 26000 per employee per quarter. So just to give you an example, wow. like dispensary in Massachusetts, we just got him back $6.3 million in tax credits. The IRS wrote him a check for $6.3 million. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So we're doing that. And then we're also doing the PACE program. PACE is really for the larger operators, the MSOs, uh, somebody with a building that's worth more than $10 million. Uh, what PACE is, it's done by the energy, the Department of Energy. And it's approved in certain states and it goes by the state and the county has to approve it and the lender has to approve it as well. So they put a first lien position on the real estate tax assessment of the property and they will lend 25% loan to value based on an appraisal that we provide. That appraisal is an as completed cannabis appraisal of the facility. 
and they they'll lend you twenty five percent loan to value at for cannabis businesses it's six to ten percent over thirty years for non cannabis it's four to six percent over thirty years and there again there's no lien on the property so in the event a first lien position lender has to foreclose on that property, the PACE loan stays with the property and it's transferred to the new buyer. It's like having a, an additional tax liability on the property. And you could, you could use that money for any energy efficient upgrades, meaning foundation, walls, windows, roofing, HVAC, lighting, uh, electrical, all MEP upgrades pretty much everything that a cannabis facility uses. So they just opened this program up two months ago for cannabis. We work with the states on doing it. We're very, very successful at getting it approved. In Michigan, we have a lot of deals, Ohio, New Jersey, New York. So we're really starting to open up a lot of operators' minds to the PACE project and what PACE can offer them. And it's, it's the cheapest cost of capital we've seen in cannabis besides some of the banks, but you know, those banks are, are putting a lien on everything and doing a very low LTV. This is just uh, a lien on the real estate tax assessment only. Interesting. So it's a lot less restrictive and it sounds like you're, you're able to do actually provide more capital based on this program. Yeah, it's it's a great addition to the cap table. Right. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, it could be used as equity. It could be used to refinance existing upgrades that have been done. So it's it's a very useful tool to refinance the, this higher interest debt that a lot of these operators take to uh, build out their facilities. Um, and it's also great to go side by side with a construction loan as well or an equipment loan. You can do them simultaneously. It doesn't affect uh, any of them. Yeah. And how I mean, are, are these kind of options and programs? you know, similar to non-cannabis industries or how much are some of these programs really specific to cannabis given kind of where we are as an industry and, and the nature of the industry? They are all specific to cannabis. Every single lender that we lend with mm -hmm. strictly lends to the cannabis industry mainly. Some crossover is coming in now from the energy sector. You know, a lot of lenders that used to lend to big manufacturing facilities and do you know, big solar energy builds mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, TicoGen, EcoGen and all that type of stuff. Those lenders are now lending to cultivations and they're doing build outs because they see the, the benefit of all these tenant improvements that are being done to their properties, you know, and a lot of them are now starting to lend at cannabis value. You know, there's always, we always say there's two buckets these operators <laughs> yeah. have to look into is... You know, we can take you to the bank, um, you know, if you're an established business and we can get you that 6% money, but you're going to get like 40 to 50% loan to value based on the real estate valuation. If you're looking to get it built out quickly and really it's first to market in these newer states, right? And in New York, New Jersey, Massachusetts, Illinois, these, these operators will take the 12 to 15% money, which is cannabis, typical cannabis rates, mm -hmm. to get their facility built quicker and not have to phase it out into multiple phases. Yeah. You know, that's so really the benefit of the way they're going to be able to compete. We're going to take a quick break to hear some words from our sponsors. And now back to our program. I'm curious, some of these folks that are coming into cannabis now... I mean, are you seeing the move in because their kind of perception of cannabis has changed? Is now the cannabis sort of industry large enough to be interesting to them? I and mean, what's what's driving the 
the interest or the, you know, some of these new folks coming in to finance ca- cannabis operations? So on the equity side, you're seeing it be, it's very tough to raise capital. You know, yeah. it's, it's family and friends and high net worth individuals. On the debt side, you're seeing banks starting to step into the, the cannabis space, but at arm's length meaning that they will lend to the special purpose entity that's set up that holds the real estate, right? They'll lend to the leasing entity or they'll lend to the cannabis company if they, you know, they'll give you a five for $10 million line of credit if you move $5 million worth of deposits into their account, right? So they're technically lending based on your own money. Yeah. But we do see the banks lending to the lenders now. So we see the banks lending to AFC and lending to Rainbow and lending to all the big cannabis lenders in the space. All of them are getting big line of credits. So that's kind of, you know, how when we approach these banks, we're, we're making sure that they're actually lending to plant touching companies and not just the, you know, ancillary companies within the yep. industry. Yep. Some of them will offset their risk by you know, giving a big line of credit to a big real estate lender as well. And then they'll, they'll lend to a big MSO or, you know, but you must be profitable to get into one of these banks. You you Mm -hmm. must be an established business and you must move your banking to them. And established in cannabis, what are they defining as established in cannabis these days? You know, it's, it's kind of, it's weird because you do see Massachusetts banks starting to lend to newer operators and helping them to do their build outs. Um, Established meaning that you're going to put a lot of money in that bank account, right? Yeah. So, so uh, if you've raised ten million dollars in equity and you're going to put that ten million dollars in equity into the bank um, and operate out of that bank account and run all your expenses through that bank, there's a good chance we can convince that bank to, you know, lend to you as well. Yeah. You know, some banks lending at sixty-five percent loan to value on the real estate value, and they're doing equipment loans as well, um, but. We're, again, the majority of the deals that get done in the space are from guys who have been funding cannabis since 2015. They understand the states. They understand the regulations. They understand the price, you know, per pound wholesale in each state. They understand the compressions coming in each state and they adjust for that risk. Mm-hmm. So we work with experienced cannabis lenders who have been doing this for a long time, understand cannabis and get deals done. You know, you see a lot of brokers out there that issue fake term sheets and they, they, <laughs> yeah. they charge upfront fees. Upwise yeah. is not that. We do not charge anything for due diligence for us to review over your deal and charge absolutely free. We put real term sheets on your table that will fund. And if it's above 10 million, we charge 2% success fee. If it's below 10 million, we charge a 3% success fee. If it's on our own balance sheet, we have no success fee. You know, we're very straightforward. We like to say we're the wise, transparent solution that has a lot of options. You know, when I look at a balance sheet, I don't just say, hey, let's go for a real estate loan. I say, oh, you have inventory, you have AR, you know, we should, you know, get an AR line of credit. We should get an inventory line. We should, you know, also do a real estate deal to do your build out and then do equipment financing. You know, so we really look at the whole picture and try and make the best recommendation at, at the best cost of capital available. Yeah. And what are you looking for? Like, I, just as a, as a cannabis operator, what are the things that you are going to ask? What things, what information do you need to know? What are you, how are you kind of evaluating the business either for specific products or just in general, 
that you know are going to help you find the capital and get the good terms? Like, what are what are the things that you're looking at inside a cannabis operation? Yeah, of course. So each product is obviously a little bit specific, but in general, we're looking for borrowers that have some sort of liquidity. We're looking for assets, you know, if possible, Mm -hmm. Uh, meaning real estate, equipment, inventory, even the license is considered an asset as well. We're looking for somebody on that management team to have cannabis experience. Uh, they need to have a good and meaning what like what what counts as kind of a experience for you guys these days? Uh, just somebody that has done it before, has built that okay. you know. So the perfect example is we got a Massachusetts operator. Um, you know, they came to us. They're a real estate developer. His son is going to run the the grow operation. They're also a lab and a manufacturing facility, hundred thousand square foot build out. Um, they really didn't have the guy on the team with cannabis experience, and I explained that to them. So we ended up recommending Catalyst-BC. Uh, they're a cannabis consulting company. It's yep. ran by Ian Miller, Michael Williamson, and Lee Olson. They are all have had exits in cannabis. They manage over 7 million square feet of canopy. So they came in and brought them proprietary genetics, helped them to, you know, do the construction layout, make sure that they're efficient on all their space, and they're going to consult for them for the first four years, and they hand them back a fully profitable business. You know, so we, like I said, we bring value. So we we bring people like that to the table in certain instances when they don't have the cannabis experience, but we're looking for your master grower or your dispensary operator to have had some sort of experience running a dispensary or running a a grow operation. You know, if you think you're going to come into cannabis and, you know, you grew a couple of plants in your backyard and now now you're going to manage a 50,000 square foot facility, you are totally wrong. You're going to make a million mistakes and, and cost yourself a lot of money. You know, so having the right people on your team and building out that executive management team is is the most important thing. You know, so that's what we look in. We always, I always say, I invest in people, not in businesses. Mm-hmm. And it's really the people who are running the company that you're you're looking to make sure that they're successful. And we do a lot of build outs of facilities that are startup. You know, construction mm-hmm. financing and equipment financing. And when you're doing that, you're investing in the individual's business plan and their ability to execute. So it's it's strictly based on the person. And if it's a big deal, I get on the plane and I fly out there and I meet them. You know, that's uh, part of what we do. And it's amazing to see. Right, I was just in Mass in, in we were in Massachusetts two weeks ago, and then Michigan last week. And to see the, you know, the HVAC on top of the roof of the facility that we've built, you know, is it's great just to see that we've helped to contribute to, you know, the the beautiful flower that some of these growers put out. uh, You you mentioned a couple of states here. How how does the kind of state to state nature of the cannabis industry right now kind of shape or impact your business? Are, Are you like able to, or you end up doing business in certain states because of the, where that state's kind of industry is or how the state is set up or the nature of the license system. What, what drives you in terms of the states that you focus on or the states you end up doing the most business in? So 
I mean, we focus on any state that is legal. Uh, we've done deals in almost every single recreational state. You know, we have a map here in our office where we put a green flag as soon as we fund a transaction in that state. But obviously, the states like California, Michigan, Colorado, you're seeing compression. You know, you're seeing price you know, per pound come down. You're seeing a lot of lenders starting to shy away from those states. That's kind of when you really need to bring somebody in like ourselves. You know, a lot of these Michigan operators who are struggling, we're coming in with pace now because it's easy to get it done in Michigan. A lot of the municipalities have approved it. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're seeing a lot of action on the East Coast because we're located in Manhattan. So New Jersey, New York. I have a meeting after this from a, a New York grower. Um uh, we're seeing a lot in Massachusetts. Massachusetts was our biggest state last year. In Illinois, we're, we have a lot of transactions in when we're going out for Benzinga, Chicago. So mm-hmm. that should be uh, definitely you know, great to meet our operators and meet a lot of the, the businesses that we're working with. And I'm sure we'll get a lot of new transactions from that uh, conference as well. So we are industry agnostic state agnostic we will fund in any state we're still actively funding california for unsecured deals and Mm -hmm. a lot of people have shied away from that state so we in the states that we see compression we kind of just underwrite a little bit tighter and uh you know we're definitely keeping an eye on all the states and we we understand what's going on in in each state And, and that's really Again, a benefit of working with us is we understand the cannabis value in each state, right? So as that new state comes on, the cannabis value is going to be high, you know, somewhere around 350 to 400 a square foot in Jersey right now. So you're, you're going to see very high, you know, price per square foot cannabis valuations in the first few years in in the East Coast. And in other states, you're, you already have those, that price compression and the, the price per square foot is that. Yeah. I'm curious, given your focus on the East Coast or your, your location on the East Coast and kind of access to it or, or insight around it, what are you noticing around the kind of New York, New Jersey, East Coast cannabis industry versus the older West Coast or even Colorado? I mean, any insights you have on how the businesses are kind of developing, who's investing, who is running them? Or do you notice any kind of changes and trends or trajectories here? Yeah, I mean, so the regulations in New York are good and bad for, you know, for certain people. And, um, you know, the first round, you have to have a cannabis conviction. You have to run a profitable business. They're also not letting anybody who is a public figure come into New York, you know, so like cookies and all them cannot come and you know, take over our state. We want to try and keep the California guys from coming in because that's what's uh, always happens, right? Is they see an opportunity and they just move states. Um, As far as the operators go, it's right now it's the hemp operators, right? So you had all the hemp operators get the licenses in New York. A lot of them are teaming up with uh, you know, venture capital firms like ourselves or, you know, other firms that are, are looking to invest in New York, not just put debt capital, but equity capital as well. Um, and they're starting to build out, starting the processes. We're going to see in New York a lot of greenhouse and, and outdoor weed coming to market at first. And then 
you know, after that cycle, everyone's going to start to really build their indoor quality greenhouses and, and start to put out some better flower. But the opportunity in New York, it's the largest state, I think. You know, New Jersey as well was, uh, you, you saw the this most recent sales were astronomical. And the, yep. so you have a lot of operators coming online. You have a lot of licenses that will given be given out. You know, my concern is really the illicit market. Right. And uh, we're on 59th and 2nd and you could walk down 2nd Avenue and see 15 smoke shops within a three mile radius that all of them have cookies and everything in their windows. You walk in and there's jars of weed and it's all California vape cartridges. Everything's coming in illegally from California. And... If the New York regulators don't put a stop on it, it's going to be terrible for all these dispensaries and operators that are spending all this money to, you know, build out their stores and build out their facilities. And then the guy next door to them uh, is who's, yeah. who's selling cigarettes is able to undercut you by uh, more than half the price. And New York is the only state that's going to tax based on THC percentage. And in my opinion, that's absurd and needs to be changed. <laughs> <laughs> what, 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 what was the logic from your point of view and why, why is it not going to work? I mean, you're just saying that the higher the THC, the higher the tax. You're just incentivizing people to buy bad weed. You know, yeah. like, well, why? It costs the same amount to produce good flour as it does uh, 16% flour, as 30% THC flour. Yeah. You know, there's no cost difference to the grower. You know, the only difference is the genetics and having the genetics. So for me, and I, I just think it's absurd that they don't look at other states and how other states have taxes and look at a state like California who taxed it wrong and didn't do it the right way at first and uh, how it affected the market. You know, uh, they really need to understand that they should be helping these these cannabis operators and, and the legacy operators get licenses in New York and they should tax it properly and not tax it based on THC percentage, tax it the same way across the board for each transaction. And, you know, hopefully the regulators don't mess it up and we don't become another California because if they give out too many licenses and they oversaturate the market, uh, then the illicit market will thrive no matter what. Yeah. What else, uh, I guess, are you looking at when you kind of broadly in the, at least U.S. Uh, cannabis industry, what are the things that are on your radar in terms of uh, either at the federal level or state level, like changes you that are in, you know being worked out, or you know policy or legislation that's in process? Like, what what are the big things for you that are going to shape the future of the cannabis industry? I mean, federal legalization it would be huge. <laughs> um, you know, if if it could get passed, you know, it, it definitely would would change cannabis uh, cannabis banking, cannabis lending. You know, and for myself, you know, people say that it would make it worse if federal legalization passed, right? It would, it would open up more banks to cannabis operators and it would be more difficult for us to lend. But I, I don't believe that will, is what will happen. If safe banking passes and if uh, federal legalization does pass, it just opens up cannabis operators' access to capital and 
companies like Upwise will still be thriving and we'll still have opportunities to finance all these cannabis companies through our bank contacts. You know, we're starting to do more and more bank deals. We have a $12 million bank deal that's in right now and going to go. And these banks are starting to open up, whether they're a credit union, a state bank, even FDIC insured banks are lending to cannabis. You know, they're again, they're doing it at arm's length, but um, safe banking and federal legalization are the two things that will change this industry forever. What that looks like, who knows? <laughs> yeah. You know, if the states will really allow you to ship across the country and, you know, I don't know if it'll probably interstate commerce and, yeah. you know, the states will, you know, I, I just don't see the states giving up that tax revenue and just allowing it to just everybody to go wild and just, you know, now open up a website and you order all your cannabis online and ships from California right to your door. Yeah. You know, I just... I don't think that will happen when federal legalization comes. You know, I think the states will control it. And uh, there will be certain states that, like New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, they'll be able to do business together. You know, maybe we'll we'll see what happens, right? But uh, safe banking is a big one for us. And, you know, and federal legalization, those two things. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of lots of interesting kind of potential paths we can go down and, and things that you know, un- uncertain exactly how it's going to play out. But, um, you know, I, I think some kind of evolution will be happening. It's just kind of a question of exactly what the framework is and exactly what the timing is, but a fun space to be in. Always evolving every day. Yeah. Every day you can learn something new in cannabis and there's something changing. I mean, look at New York, you know, they're learning, you know, they're, uh, they're learning from other states' mistakes and they're, yeah coming up with their policy as you go right now the policy is is still not written in stone so it's uh, a learning process state by state and then once federal legalization does pass it, it'll be a learning process then as well yeah joe this has been a pleasure if people want to find out more about you more about the firm what's the best way to get that information uh you can just go to upwisecapital.com and then our cannabis email is 420-420 at upwisecapital.com and then our phone number is 646-837-5522 you just hit the cannabis department and you'll get transferred to one of my team members on the cannabis team who can help you and have a lot of experience in cannabis Sounds great. I'll make sure all that information is in the show notes so people can get that. Joe, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for taking the time today. Yeah, pleasure. Thank you for having us. Appreciate it, Bruce. That's it for this episode of Thinking Outside the Bud. Be sure to subscribe using your favorite podcast app so you don't miss our future episodes. See you next time. You've been listening to Thinking Outside the Bud with business coach Bruce Eckfeld. To find a full list of podcast episodes, Download the tools and worksheets and access other great content. Visit the website at thinkingoutsidethebud.com. And don't forget to sign up for the free newsletter at thinkingoutsidethebud.com forward slash newsletter. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.